Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. It's more money with leading economist Steve Moore. Stephen Moore is with us, economist. With more than 30 years' experience as an economist and as a leading thinker of government on business, showing deep understanding of the shifts in the global economy, he's leading economist Steve Moore with more money on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now, here's your host, Steve Moore. Welcome back, folks. This is Steve Moore. This is the More Money Show on WBC Talk Radio. Thank you so much for joining some of your Saturday afternoon to share in a discussion about what's going on with the U.S. economy, what's happening in politics, what is happening to your finances. And I want to start right in, if I may. Uh, By the way, I hope you're having a wonderful summer, everyone. And as we enter what's called the dog days of summer, um, I want to start this conversation and I will be taking your calls, by the way, at the end of the show this week. I think we ran out of time last week, but I promise I will take your calls on our More Money Hotline on 1-800-848-9222 uh, in about a half an hour. But in the meantime, I want to start out by talking about uh, what is going on with uh, the the left's attempts to ban so many of the things that we use routinely in this country, whether it's air conditioning whether it's gas stoves, whether it's um, they're now talking about regulating what kind of car you can buy. I bet a lot of the people listening to this show are driving in your cars, and many of you are probably driving, God forbid, a gas uh, turbine car that uses a combustible engine. The new Biden policies, folks, would make that illegal. They are going to force you to buy a an electric vehicle. And I've said many times on this show, I do have no problem with Teslas and electric vehicles. I think in many cases, they can be wonderful vehicles. But come on, this is America. The government doesn't tell us what kind of car we can buy. The government shouldn't be coming into our bedrooms and our kitchens and telling us what kind of light bulbs we can put in the fixtures and the lamps, what kind of uh, uh, toilets we use, what kind of uh, whether we can set our thermostat at a certain temperature. And by the way, many of you may think I'm just fear-mongering, and this is black helicopter stuff, but the government is going to start regulating your thermostat. I, I'm, I'm sure of it. There are already some voluntary plans where the government uh, can do that through the utility companies. And what is going to happen is that the left will declare a, quote, climate change emergency, you know, these are the people who say that this is the hottest summer in not a hundred years, not in a thousand years, but a hundred thousand years, as if they somehow know what the temperature of the planet was in 50,000 BC, um, which is, you know, so absurd and so humorous, but they don't get it. They don't get how crazy their ideas sometimes seem. They will declare a climate change emergency, just like they declared a COVID emergency, and they will start regulating the temperature of your home, the, whether you can turn on your air conditioner, whether you can buy a, you know, Ford Mustang car or something, or do you have to buy an EV? These are incredibly eva- invasive regulations that are a 
threat to our individual freedom as Americans. And I wonder how much you are worried about this, folks, because I'm very worried about this is Stalinistic policy to tell you what you can do in your kitchen, what you can do in your bedroom, what what you what kind of car you can park in your garage. And I know these folks, some of the people I hang out with are very liberal Democrats, and this is the direction they want to go. No gas, no coal, no oil, uh, no nuclear power. We have to all have windmills. We all have to have solar power. We all have to have electric vehicles. Um, you know, I was telling the story the other day that when I was growing up uh, in, in the uh, suburbs of Chicago, and we used to go to our community pool, and we had a big high da- dive, uh, uh, you know, where people would, would, you know, go off either the low dive or the high dive. And the board was way up about, you know, 30 feet high. And some of the, I used to love to jump off the high dive, but I'd also love to watch these. We had a great diving team and some of these girls, they would do double somersault twists and so on. I mean, they were just beautiful to watch on those high dives. Well, guess what? There aren't any high dives. Is there a high dive pool anywhere near where you all live? Because where I live, they ban the high dive. They don't, they don't allow it. Um, so these kinds of things that we've done our whole lifetime that are fun, um, they want to get rid of. They want to, the latest, I don't know if you're following this folks, they want to ban cigars, cigars. Now I, I don't smoke. I very, very occasionally at a wedding, I might have a few puffs on a cigar. I'm, I'm not wild about cigars. I'm not wild about, and maybe sometimes if I can't sleep, I might have a cigarette at night because the nicotine maybe helps me fall asleep, but I'm not a smoker, but I, I don't want the government telling us whether we can smoke or not. And I, as I said, I don't like smoking, but I, I will defend people want to smoke a cigar or want to smoke a cigarette. I don't like it when they smoke, you know, blow the smoke right in my face, but to ban these things, it's just big brotherism. And I'm here to tell you, this is rampant in America today, a government that feels like it can rule your life and tell you what you can and can't buy, what temperature you set your house at and so on. And we've never had that before in America. It is, it is, it is truly un-American. It is truly what you would expect out of a totalitarian regime, not a, not the land of the free. Now, speaking of which, we are not just the land of the free. We are the richest country in the world. And, you know, God bless America. We have a free enterprise system. We have, uh, rights as individuals to start our own businesses and, and flourish. And you're supposed to be able to keep what you earn, although the government takes a larger and larger share of this. But now we have a government that is running deficits each year. It's borrowing, uh, this year it'll be about $2.1 trillion in one year, in one year. That's as much as the entire United States government borrowed from 1776 through 1984 is $2.1 trillion. And now the government's borrowing that much every single year. And the deficit isn't going away. I hope there's no one out there who believes this, this line from Joe Biden that he's cut the deficit by $1.7 trillion when the, when the debt, the red ink goes up and up and up and up and up every year. Uh, gee, Joe, how'd you do that if, if we're borrowing $2.1 trillion this year? And now, the Fitch is one of the credit rating agencies, as many of you probably know, has decided that they are going to downgrade our debt to from AAA to AA. Now, here's my thoughts about this. Number one, I think it is crazy that they're downgrading our debt because, you know, the, the United States government does stand behind our debt. And 
if the if the United States treasuries aren't AAA bond rated, then what is? You know, the, the, this makes no sense. We will pay our debt. And so for people who are holding on to treasury bills, um, don't worry. The government's going to repay those. But, you know, the way they may reduce the value of your bonds, think about this. How would the government, if they're going to have to pay you back all this money, trillions and trillions of dollars, and when I say you, I mean all of us, uh, how would they do that? How could they uh, lessen the burden of paying back that debt? Well, they would inflate the currency, right? So if let's say that, you know, you bought a bond and you get a 4% interest rate on that bond. But let's say under Biden, he takes the inflation rate to 6, 7, 8%. Now all of a sudden you've got a negative real return. You see what I'm saying? Because you're getting a 4% return on your bond, but the government's inflating the value of the currency actually deflating the value of the currency by inflating the prices of everything. So now you're actually losing money on the bond. So that's the real danger in buying a government bond is that if the government continues to inflate, as has happened under Biden, prices are today 16% higher than they were the day Biden took office. The, when, when Biden says prices are starting to fall, he's, <laughs> he's misremembering. He's saying a lie. The prices aren't falling. It's just the rate of increase of the prices is falling. And incidentally, have you looked at the gas price lately, folks? Have you looked what's happening to gas prices in the Northeast and around the country? Because we are headed back to $4 and $5 a gallon gasoline. The oil price has gone over, uh, I think it closed at $84 a barrel. That means that very soon uh, you're going to pay $4 and in New York, you're going to pay $5 and California may pay $6 for gasoline. So inflation has not been conquered. Just the opposite. We're facing another resurgence of inflation. So how can Joe Biden run around the country saying Bidenomics has been a success? Do you think that, folks? That's my question for the day. Do you agree with Joe Biden that Bidenomics has been a success? And I'm going to ask our producer to take the calls of Democrats. If you're a Democrat, please tell our producer I'm a Democrat and I want to defend Bidenomics because, folks, I want to hear your view. I really do. And I will be totally respectful of your opinion if it's fact-based about why we should be celebrating Bidenomics because I think it is a catastrophe. Uh, I think that the the increase in the regulations, the increase in the size of government, the what's going on in our Justice Department, what's going on on our border. I mean, somebody tell me what you like about what Joe Biden has done. What's happening to our schools is a disgrace, record low test scores for our kids. I, I worry about our country. I do. I don't think that this is a president uh, or a political party in the Democrats that really puts America first. And it's almost like they feel like they have to burn down the village to do, to rebuild it. And I don't want to see that happen. I hope that you agree with me on this. One last point before I take a break. I am sick and tired of the crime that's going on across the country, especially in major cities. I'm from Chicago. You can't even walk down Michigan Avenue anymore, which is the, you know, the, where all the beautiful storefronts are, uh, and all the, you know, tourists go without wor being worried uh, about getting shot from a drive-by shooter. And that's happening all over the country. You're also seeing in New York, in Newark, in Cleveland, in Los Angeles, in Portland, in Seattle, all our major cities, the uh, drug stores and the grocery stores and the retail shops are having to put everything behind 
glass cases where you can't actually, you know, put your hands on the merchandise because people are literally going to stores and they're just picking, taking whatever they want off the shelves and they're just running out the door and nobody does anything about it. So there's a great video. If you go to our Committee to Unleash Prosperity website, you'll see a video and I, I wonder what you all think about it because it's, it's stoked some controversy where, uh, uh, young hoodlum goes into a store. He looks, he had a hoodie on and his face was, kind of covered by the hoodie so you couldn't quite see what he looked like but he was a tall guy he was probably six two big hefty guy uh looked like he was about 25 years old and um he went in and he just literally in front of the cameras he just started pulling you know t- literally s- scraping the merchandise off of the shelves into a big plastic bag that he had and he was doing it you know, in a, in such a, in almost like taunting the store owner to do something about it. And, and he was talking to the store owner, and the store owner said, you can't steal that stuff. You stop, stop. And he said, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? And he kept, while they're talking, he was taking more and more merchandise, hundreds and hundreds of dollars of merchandise off the shelves and putting them in his bag. And finally, this store owner, I love that. I mean, he takes out a baseball, it looked like a baseball bat. It was a piece of wood. Uh, and he just starts bashing this guy with the baseball bat and he collapses and he hits him over and over and over again until the burglar and the thief hands over the bag of merchandise. And now a lot of my liberal friends are saying, how dare he do this? How dare he hit a guy with a baseball bat when he's stealing? So what do you think about that? Do you think if somebody came into your home and started stealing everything from you, you have a right to protect your property? I do. And if the police aren't going to do it, then we're going to have the citizens protecting their property themselves. Crime is out of control in this country, and we need to prosecute criminals. And that is my lecture for the day. I will be right back. Thanks for joining us, folks. This is the More Money Show. Right now, I have smoke coming out of my ears. I'm so angry about the direction of our country when it comes to our civil liberties, our freedoms, and our possessions that people want to just steal with us with impunity. I'm Steve Moore. This is the More Money Show, and we will be right back. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is More Money with economist Steve Moore. Now, Steve Moore. Welcome back, folks. This is the More Money Show on WABC Talk Radio. Now it's time for my favorite segment of the show when we talk to two of the financial experts in this country, Bob and Ryan Payne of Payne Capital Management. Uh, Gentlemen, thank you as always. Uh, Bob, I would like to start with you. It sounds like we got a pretty good jobs report. Not a great jobs report, but 
some pretty good numbers suggesting that employers are still hiring. A little bit of wage increases in that report. What do you make of that? What does that mean for the uh, for the stock market? You know, I was just reading my uh, my grandson a fairy tale the other day, and, and, and <laughs> in the fairy tale they said, not too hot, not too cold, just right, Steve. I think we have it just right where we're getting inflation down. That's Goldilocks, right? We continue to grow. <laughs> right. So you think we've got the Goldilocks economy? I think we do right now, and I think that uh, the, the Federal Reserve should take a, take a victory lap. And should the Fed, Bob, raise rates? Because there's a lot of talk about I think they meet again in September, I believe, is their next meeting. Uh, should they stand pat or raise rates again? I'm hoping to hear that new term, skip. I think they, I think they should pause. <laughs> pause. Should skip and pause, yeah. Wait and see, you know, because, you know, it does take a while for these higher interest rates to work their way through the economy. Yeah. They've admitted that. And I think they should give it a, you know, take a breather, you know, and, and just see what yeah. happens. So, Ryan, do you agree with that assessment about the jobs report? And what is your prediction on, I, I mean, I get asked this question almost every day, Ryan. What will the Fed do next? Uh, so <laughs> given this report, what do you think they should do and will do next? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's as good a report as you can get, right? It means that labor is still going up, but it is slowing, which is another reason for the Fed to stop raising interest rates. I, I think the one component to look at, though, in that jobs number is labor participation isn't going up. And that's because right. a lot of baby boomers are retiring. So I think one thing we have to be prepared for is the labor market is going to stay tight. And this is one of the arguments we've had for a long time is, you know, we're going to see wages stay strong for a long time because there's just not enough workers in this country, Steve. And, you know, baby boomers are going to continue to retire. So I think that bodes well for the consumer because I think Americans are going to have jobs and I think they're going to be able to spend. And I think that's going to be good overall for the economy. But at some point, we're going to need more workers. That's a problem. You know, uh, it's a great point. You know, if you look at that report that came out yesterday on the jobs, it was really interesting that if you look at the hard hat jobs, you know, the ones that traditionally pay a good salary, but that are tough jobs, uh, everything from warehousing to obviously construction, manufacturing, factory jobs, uh, transportation jobs. Those didn't really grow very much. And yet it's curious to me because a gentleman, when I go by a construction site or I go uh, talk to some of the folks that I deal with who are running major manufacturing companies, they say they're having a tough time getting workers. So it's not as if uh, there's not a demand for the workers. It's just not, it seems to me, uh, Bob, a supply of workers. And what I said on Fox the other day when the report came out, I said, you know, everybody wants one of those cushy jobs. Uh, and by the way, I have one of those cushy jobs. <laughs> but, you know, everybody wants a job where they don't have to work really hard, you know, with their muscles. Uh, how, how are we going to deal with that issue? I know it is an issue, Steve, because, you know, the demand is there. We got demand for more new homes. There's a demand, you know, yep. for manufacturing, you know, to, to be brought back to the U.S. or to, you know, near short or friendly short. Uh, construction's booming and there is a shortage of workers and I, that's an issue. And I think that's could be, it could be a problem. Um, but, you know, as you're saying, there, there are new job hirings almost every week and we have record unemployment. But, uh, I, I agree with that. It is a, uh, it is a concern right now. So my worry, Ryan, as an economist, is that when you have, as Bob's talking about, a, short, a worker shortage, and there's no question in many industries there there is a worker shortage, and yet if the wages go up 
to get workers faster than productivity goes up. It's just a truism that that has an inflationary impact. And so I'm a little worried about this. And and by the way, I'm in favor of higher wages for workers. So I like it when I see wages go up. But if they go up too quickly, you know, faster than as as happened in the 70s, then you get this wage push inflation. And is that something we should worry about? I, you know, I think it's, it's always a concern, um, but I think if you look at the last 11 months, we've finally seen wages beating out inflation, which wasn't right, happening right. for a while, which is its own that's problem. True. Um, mm-hmm. But wage growth is slowing, and I think that's a plus. It's moderating, again, going back to that Goldilocks scenario. And for all the talk of AI, which I'm tired of talking about artificial intelligence, um, but I think AI and automation are going to create huge productivity gains in every industry. So forget about just tech. You know, whether it's like, you know, I go to the grocery store now, um, I go to one of those automatic checkouts, you know, that's less labor that the grocery store. I hate need. those. I want a real person. Oh, I love it. I, hate, I don't you know how to adjust, deal with those man. machines. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's annoying at first. Remember, there was a time when you go to a grocery store and everything was behind the counter and you had to have someone yeah. tell you, uh, you, know, you know, get it for you. Right. So. Those automation gains are going to be real, whether call incentives are going to be AI. So I think all those productivity gains are going to be a huge boon for the economy. It's hard not to be optimistic, given the fact that we are having technological leaps. In addition to that, people have jobs. So I I think overall, we're going to see wages rise moderately over inflation, which is a good thing, not a bad thing. It's not the 70s. Mm -hmm. And as we look at the markets, because this is an investor show, uh, we've, I think the, is the NASDAQ up like 30, over 30%, isn't it this year? Or what's the number? Do you guys know that number? And NASDAQ's closer to 40% this year, Steve. 40%. So these are giant yeah. in what, in 12 months, right, Bob? Yeah. Uh, no, unless yeah, that's, in eight that's months. A, yeah. yeah. I mean, you, <laughs> so these are giant gains. Enormous no, run in the, the NASDAQ. The NASDAQ, yeah. And then the, you know, the markets are just have performed very well after a lousy 2023 and so can this rally continue, or is this maybe a time to take some profits? Well, you know, I feel sorry for people who just watch the same news channels over and over. They talk about the market. <laughs> and, <Right>. You know, <clears throat> they're, yeah, they're, they're looking at, you know, the S&P 500 and the Dow. Well, there's 10,000 publicly traded companies you can invest in. So there's plenty of other areas of the market that aren't the mega tech stocks where there's uh-huh. a lot of opportunity right now. You're seeing financial stocks, energy stocks. Right. You know, the oil right. stocks have been up big in the last two weeks. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, the oil price hit, I believe, $85 a barrel this week, past week, and that means gas prices are going to go up, but it also means the profits for a lot of these energy firms will grow. So I certainly agree with that. So uh, we just got a minute left, Ryan. I know your theme is be bullish. And um, – <laughs> You know, we can't always be bullish, but is now a good time to be bullish? I think it is, and I think it's a good time to broaden out your exposure, like Bob just said. Tech's had a magnificent run, um, but trees yep. don't go to the, scr- the sky. You know, at some point that's going to be a problem because valuations are getting too high. But meanwhile, you've got everything else starting to move. Emerging markets were up 6% last month. Um, China wow. is reopening, which is good for every economy in the world because they buy a lot of stuff. Um, and I think one of the reasons oil is up right now <laughs> And we just mentioned financial stocks are moving, oil stocks are moving, small caps are moving. So it's a great opportunity as an investor to broaden out your exposure if you haven't done it already. It's about winning the you know the the war, not the battle. So a good time to re-diversify and be optimistic because the economy is growing faster than was expected. These are good times, Steve. Be bullish. 
show. Uh, that's Bob and Ryan Payne of Payne Capital Management. Ryan, can you remind people how they can get your free consultation? And if you're thinking to yourself right now, okay, we get it. Bob and Ryan, every week, your optimism is contagious. The world's not going to end very often. I need a second opinion on my retirement. Here's your shot to do it. We keep 10 slots open for the whole show. If you've saved over a million dollars for your retirement, Bob and I will run for you our now famous total financial master plan. We'll do that with no obligation or cost. There's no firm out there that will do this work up front. We go as far as building you your own personalized financial portal, give you a bird's eye view of your entire financial life, and we're just going to hone in on every financial issue you need to address today, whether it's an income plan for retirement. You need to figure out how to draw from your portfolio, how to take Social Security, how to factor in inflation. We're going to give you a full dynamic income plan so you don't run out of money over the rest of your life. We're going to look at diversification. Markets have been like a yo-yo for the last two years. Has your portfolio been up and down? Or have you been sitting in cash, paralysis by analysis, can't figure out what to do? We're going to give you a full investment game plan. We're going to show you how to grow your wealth, but most importantly, protect it over the rest of your life and tie it to your goals. And we're going to look at fees and taxes. Wall Street loves to sell you high-cost, tax-inefficient products like annuities, mutual funds, brokerage products, structured products. We'll do a deep dive of every investment you own, show you how to reduce the cost and optimize your portfolio for taxes. It's not what you make, it's what you take. You'll get Bob and I's full tax playbook. We have 10 slots if you saved over a million dollars for your retirement. All you have to do is text or call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. If you're one of our next 10 callers, you've saved over a million dollars for your retirement. Our team of financial advisors and certified financial planners will create for you your own total financial master plan. Now, there's no obligation. There's no cost. And we don't have a plan if you don't text or call, 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. All right. Well, that's Bob and Ryan Payne. Um, Ryan, I think I'm going to take your advice. I am going to be bullish. And thanks as always. And we will be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. So, Bob. You know, at our firm, Payne Capital Management, of course, that's P-A-Y-N-E. We spend our days just financial planning, thinking about getting people to financial independence, planning for retirement, living off your assets. And, you know, one conclusion I think we've come to over the years is it's so similar the way you should be treating your financial life, the way you treat your physical health, 
And I think most of us don't treat our physical, our financial health, rather, the way we do our physical health, and that can be a real problem. You know, Ryan, I think it's a real problem for both because there's really tremendous parallels between your physical health and your financial health is that there is always an end point, right? It's like, last I checked, nobody gets out of this alive, so you might as well do some planning. <laughs> well, I mean, think about this. I mean, if you're smart, you get a physical every year, you get regular checkups because you're Physical health is always changing. You have to monitor it. Yet what happens are we go to a firm, they might do a financial plan up front, and then they never do it again. And I'm going to guess over the last five to 10 years, your financial life has probably changed a lot. And I think it's one of the biggest red flags is not having an update of your financial life often. Because if you don't, at some point, you know, some things can fall off the rails, and that's why monitoring your financial health is so critical. You know, Rob, we've been on this show for a number of years now with Steve, and it's amazing how many folks call in and they come and see us. And I can't count more than 1% of those folks who had an actual financial plan that projected where they were going to be every year for the rest of their lives. I don't understand why <laughs> no one's doing any planning. Well, and think about it. When you get a physical, right, what happens? They check all your vital signs, right? They, uh, they do a lot of different tests. And, you know, they really look at everything holistically when you go see your doctor. Yet in our industry, it's like the opposite. It's like if you walked into the doctor's office and said, hey, I think, you know, I think I have a pain in my arm. And they, instead of looking at any of your vital signs or looking at the big picture, they just prescribed you something. <laughs> you know, and I think that's exactly what our industry looks like. It's like, you know, you end up with all these products that you get sold that have nothing to do with your goals. And it's remarkable, but you would never trust a doctor if they just prescribed, you know, some sort of prescription and they did no sort of testing of your body, your holistic health. It's crazy to me. Yeah, it really is. And there is a lot of parallel, right, between the medical profession and the financial services profession in that it's really becoming blanderized, right? You're seeing so many of these small doctors, these, uh, you know, these small groups, these specialists, they're being gobbled up by private equity firms. And all they care about is the bottom line. They don't care about service. They don't care about, you know, the special things that, you know, the doctors that I grew up with cared about. Same things happen in the financial services industry. Big banks are gobbling up these companies. They're blanderizing, you know, the service and the strategies. And I, I think, unfortunately, some of these advisors out there who like to do planning aren't even allowed to do it. You're not allowed to customize everything. Everything's got to be by the company's book. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, I liken it to the, the concierge medicine, right? I have a doctor. I pay a premium. Um, it's, you know, I go in there. You get the physical. He knows everything about me. We spend an hour together. When was the last time you spent an hour with your doctor? <laughs> if you're, yeah, if you're in and out in 10 minutes, you know, if you're, if you're lucky. Um, and I think you're right. That's what happened to our industry as well is there's less boutique firms out there. There's less customization. And let's face it, the tax laws are complicated. Estate laws are always changing. Uh, you know, markets are always changing. So customized advice when it comes to retirement is so critical. And we know, we've seen it. The one-size-fits-all approach doesn't work. You end up getting something that doesn't really fit your needs, and you're going to suffer for it long-term when it comes to retirement. It's so critical to make sure that advice is customized, and there's less of it nowadays than there's ever been before, to your point, Bob. You know, Ryan, I've been in this industry almost 50 years, and now I'm seeing changes come at a rate that's more rapid than any other time since I've been in the business. I mean, you look at, you know, that big pile of money that uh, the baby boomers have in retirement plans, and you know it's got a big target on its back because Washington, D.C. thinks that's their money. Those <laughs> politicians want that money, 
And, you know, all of a sudden, right, you have new rules on inherited IRAs. You know, now when you do a catch-up provision, you got to put it into a Roth. You know, these are these are complicated issues that if somebody's not paying attention for them, you're going to miss an opportunity, and you may end up paying a huge penalty for not doing it correctly. It's huge. And think about the medical profession as well. Like you go to your doctor, who's more of a generalist, right, checks all your vital signs, and then maybe you you have something wrong. And you go to a specialist and they refer you to someone who just focuses on whatever it happens to be, whatever that ailment is, whether it's, you know, you have a knee problem, um, you know, whether you have a foot problem, you have specialists for everything. And it's the same thing with your financial health. You know, you want to have someone who's looking over everything. But when it comes to your tax plan, you want to have the best accountant. Like the worst thing ever, Bob, is you never want you and I, we give a lot of financial advice, but you would never want us doing your tax return. <laughs> so a lot of these firms that offer all these different services, they don't do them that well. It's like they're a master of none. Um, whereas you want to have someone who's advising on your investments, but they're also working with the best accountant out there to advise you on your taxes and the best estate planner who advises you on that. And they work together in concert, but they're all specialists. And most of you don't have that dream team and you need it. You know, Rye, I mean, I was just listening to Jamie Dimon the other day, the CEO of J.P. Morgan Bank, and he went out of his way just to say, hey, this is still the greatest country in the world. This is a place of opportunity, and we meet so many successful people who started with nothing like we did and are, are being are very successful today. And you know what? You might have started with an 800 number. You might have started with, you know, a company that didn't have sophisticated strategies. Um, as you evolve financially, you need to evolve with your advisor. So I think everybody should get a second opinion, especially if you've had the kind of success that you can have in this country. Yeah, 100%, right? I mean, how many times, like, you know, with your financial health or you, you're going to get surgery, you always get a second opinion. And now if you're in those, uh, in that crossroads of what we like to call going from wealth accumulation to wealth distribution, where you're going to live off your portfolio, you have to think about your heirs. A lot of times you need a different type of planning. And if you don't, it's better to know that you're doing everything right, get that verification. But I think it's more critical than ever, especially when you're in that financial red zone. Maybe you're five years, 10 years out from retirement, or you're retired now. You've got to make sure you're doing everything right. You've got to make sure that there are no loose ends that need to be addressed. You know, the other night I just I met with a bunch of folks that I worked with at my old firm thirty from 30 years ago, right? And it was kind of like the day the earth stood still. They don't do anything different. <laughs> None of them. Are, there was not one certified financial planner among the group, not one certified financial analyst. Um, they're great guys. But you know what? They're just putting their time in. They're waiting to just, uh, you know, get the gold watch and uh, go spend some time on the beach. Yeah. And look, if you're thinking to yourself right now, I think that might be my advisor. <laughs> you know, my brokerage firm is giving me blandardized advice. I'm not getting the advice that I deserve. I need that more niche advice. Here's your shot to do it. We keep 10 slots open. We're actually down to four slots left on this show. If you've saved over a million dollars for your retirement, Bob and I will run for your now famous total financial master plan. We'll do that with no obligation or costs, a full holistic review. Most firms will not do this work up front. We literally build you your own personalized financial portal. We'll give you a bird's eye view of your entire financial life. And we're just going to hone in on every issue you need to address today. Whether it's an income plan for retirement, you need income in retirement. How do you pull from your portfolios? How do you take Social Security? There's, there's a lot of ways to take it. One right way for you, we're going to show you exactly how to draw from your portfolios, factor in inflation so you don't run out of money over the rest of your life, a dynamic income plan. We're going to look at diversification. Markets have been like a yo-yo the last two years, has your portfolio as well. 
or have you been sitting in cash paralysis by analysis, trying to figure out what to do? We're going to give you a full holistic investment game plan tied to your goals, show you how to grow your money, but most importantly, protect it over the rest of your life. And we're going to look at fees and taxes. Wall Street loves to sell you those high cost fee laden products that are extremely tax inefficient, whether it's an annuity, a mutual fund, brokerage product, life insurance products. We're going to go through every single investment you have, a deep dive, show you how to reduce the cost on your portfolio and optimize it for taxes. It's not what you make, it's what you take. You'll get our full tax playbook. We literally have four slots left if you saved over a million dollars for your retirement. All you have to do is text or call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or just simply call 800, I'm sorry, 32. Or simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. If you're one of our next four callers, you've saved over a million dollars for your retirement. Our team of certified financial planners and financial advisors will create for you your own unique total financial master plan. Now, there's no obligation and there's no cost. No one else will do it for you, but we will if you text or call right now at 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Excuse me. Or simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. Hey, if you want to learn more about myself and Bob, check us out at our firm, Payne Capital Management. That's P-A-Y-N-E. Simply go to bbullish.com. That's bbullish.com. We'll have more for you next week. But stay tuned. We got more, more money coming your way. This is Bob Payne, Chief Investment Strategist here at Payne Capital Management with this week's market update. This week on the Street of Dreams, the S&P 500 and NASDAQ Composite were down Friday for a fourth straight session and suffered their worst week since March. The Dow was down 1.1%. The S&P fell 2.3%, with the NASDAQ, this year's market leader, falling the most at 2.9%. It's probably not a coincidence that the stock market had a difficult week. The S&P 500, after all, entered the week up 28% from its bear market low last October. And many of the more pessimistic strategists caught off guard by the massive rally have most recently capitulated by acknowledging what has already happened and marking their forecast the market. Not that there's anything wrong with that. If we learned anything this past week, it's that the economy remains resilient, but not so strong that it forces the Federal Reserve to do something unexpected. The U.S. added just 187,000 jobs in July, according to the latest payroll report, and earlier months were revised lower. Now chalk that up as one more sign that a soft landing is still the most likely scenario not the recession these former bearish analysts were predicting. Earnings, too, have been stronger than expected, and is the major reason the S&P 500 has had its best seven months of the year since 1997. As we all know, trees don't grow to the sky, and market corrections are normal. And with this market's bullish run, it was long overdue. Summer, especially August, is an historically weak period for the market. Of course, corrections happen simply because there are more sellers than buyers at that given moment. But perhaps the catalyst for this week's drop was the sharp rise in Treasury yields that came as a result of the rating agency Fitch's downgrade of the U.S. credit rating to AA plus from AAA, or perhaps, and more likely, a combination of the government's plans to issue more debt than has been expected and solid economic data that forced investors to rethink their current portfolio allocations. Now, on paper, Higher yields indicate stocks are worth less. It's simply a matter of math 
and usually leads to a price adjustment. All else being equal, as long as rates don't rise too much, it presents a buying opportunity for long-term investors, especially now that the bears are throwing in the towel and succumbing to the pressure of FOMO, the fear of missing out. In a big, booming bull market, occasional pullbacks are not something to fear. They're something to embrace. They're simply the pause that refreshes. Hey, my son, Ryan, and I, we have 75 years of combined industry experience in building low-cost, tax-efficient, goal-based portfolios. For your free evaluation to see if you have a goal-based portfolio, or like most, just a collection of investments, text or call right now to 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692, or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. Hey, this is Bob Payne. I'm the Chief Investment Strategist of Payne Capital Management. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This is More Money with economist Steve Moore. Now, Steve Moore. Welcome back, folks. This is the More Money Show on WABC Talk Radio. You know, we talk all the time about the economy, how we can make money. One of the most important issues for the future of our economy and future of our nation's finances and our economic competitiveness is to make sure that we have the best educated children who can turn into competent and smart and productive adults to to create the industries of the next generation. So as most of you know, what's happening in our Inner city schools throughout the country is a travesty. It's child abuse. The kids are not learning anything. Uh, half of the kids cannot read or write at grade level proficiency. We need new approaches. And so most of you know that I am an enormous advocate of giving parents and children as many choices as they can get, whether it's a charter school or a Catholic school or a Jewish school or a science school or a Montessori school, whatever works best for our children. Of course, the teachers unions are fighting ferociously against this because they believe the schools are for them, not for the children. And so uh, I wanted to get an update uh, from one of the world's experts on school choice and charter schools from uh, my friend uh, Ed Puzwalski, who is a um, in the state of Florida. He is on the board of uh, regents in Florida, and he is represents charter schools in that state. No state in the country has done more to advance school choice than than Florida. We need the Florida model all over the country. Ed, thanks so much for joining this afternoon. Steve, thanks for having me. So um, 
tell us what's going I mean, for those of us who don't live in Florida, we don't really fully appreciate what you have done under uh, Governors Jeb Bush and then under Governor Rick Scott. And now, of course, the great Ron DeSantis. You've had three really great uh, governors who have been, um, you know, huge advocates of school choice. How is that working in Florida? You know, it's working because we've trusted parents to make the right, right. decision for their children, Steve. And yes. ultimately, it's a shift in thinking that, you know, government or bureaucrats, whether it's in the school board or whether it's the teachers unions or whether it's some bureaucrat in some no-name agency uh, deciding what's best for our kids, we shifted from that. Uh, to empowering parents to make the decision. And so what that's yielded is an explosion of alternatives for parents, whether that's the uh, uh, robust charter school system across the state of Florida that essentially beats uh, its traditional counterparts in some 88 of 110 uh, areas, according to the Florida Department of Education, it particularly wow. closes achievement achievement gaps uh, in a in a far greater way wow. uh, than their traditional counterparts. So, Ed, Ed, can, can I minority can I interrupt you for one second? Sure. Can you explain? Sure. Can you explain? Because uh, a lot of our listeners may not exactly understand what a charter school is and how it works. Because I've seen some of this data you're talking about about how how well these charter schools are doing in terms of preparing our kids and, you know, really fantastic test scores and, and uh, high graduation rates. But what, what is a charter school and how is it different from a traditional public school? Well, first and foremost, a charter school is a public school. So for your right. listeners, it is still a public school. And yep. in Florida, as well as in other states, it has to yep. live up to the accountability features, have right. certified teachers, have safety uh, concerns the same as traditional public schools, all of those academic uh, standards that are laid out for public schools, traditional public schools, but these are not government-run schools, Steve. These are privately run through a charter contract with wow. a group of private, uh, uh, a private board that will run the school and wow. essentially achieve and hire teachers and run the school and have full academics, uh, full AP, full um, – uh, there are many charter schools that are Cambridge-affiliated uh, uh, that uh, graduate uh, graduate high school students, and they go to the best schools in the country. Uh, but more importantly, it's generally a, a, a public school that is run by a private, uh, private group. So, and I hear a lot of criticism of, of – uh of uh charter schools especially from the you know the education establishment uh that these are quote just for rich people is that true no in fact in florida 67% of the students served in charter schools are minority and 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 steve it makes sense think about it if you're a, a, a black mom who's living in tampa florida and the school that you're zoned to your traditional public school is failing uh, is not producing, is not achieving the student achievement levels that you want, and your student and your child is best suited for another school. What options do you have if you're a low-income, single-family, you know, single-parent family? Um, what options do you have? Do you have any options to go to a private school? The answer is you do now in Florida because of wow. the robust scholarship scenario where you get seven thousand dollars and you go to any 
private school that will accept that voucher, wow. but you also have the options of charter schools as well. So you have many choices. So the right. economic status of the family is not something that prohibits them from having educational options that best suit their child. So I, I um, m- most of our uh, listening audience is in the Northeast, at New Jersey and Connecticut, New York, and those states have not gone nearly as far with charter schools as Florida has. And I was told by Governor DeSantis, I saw him a week or two ago, that now in Florida, basically every child, and correct me if I'm wrong about this, Ed, I'm talking about to Ed Puzwali, who's one of the great experts on charter schools in Florida and around the country. But he was, uh, the governor was saying that in Florida now, virtually every child now has choice about where they can send their kids to school. Every child does. And, but the focus really is, Steve, look, you know, for, for those who are more fortunate, they always had options. They can send their kids to right, private school. Right, they can send their right. kids to parochial school. They can right. send their kids to a magnet school. But those who were, were not as fortunate financially were stuck and, and, and basically limited to the zone traditional school that they had. What charter schools have done in Florida is, is a couple things. One is it provided competition. And you and I yes. both know that the tonic yes. of competition not only raised by, by charter schools doing a better job, it forced some of the traditional uh, government-run schools to do a better job as well. So uh, hold on. And, stop, Ed, 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 stop right there because that is such an important point. And I want to make sure my listeners are – paying attention to what you're saying because, you know, what, and I do, as you know, I'm a big advocate of what you're doing there in Florida. And I want that to be the model in New York and every state around the country where parents really have choices. And I always hear, oh, well, what about the kids that are going to be left behind in the public schools? But if I hear you correctly, you're saying, Ed, that when parents have choices, the kids that stay in the public schools are getting uh, a better education as well because that competition forces the public schools to do better. Steve, I'll give you an example in Coral yeah. Springs, Florida, which is in West, West Broward County, uh, right outside of Fort Lauderdale. The city held, uh, uh, went and applied for a charter, the city commission. It holds the charter and it hired a private manager, a company called CSUSA, Charter School USA. Yeah. And they, they have, they converted an old mall into a sixth grade, six twelve charter school. Yep. And and here's what happened. That charter school became the highest performing school in the county uh, of wow. Broward County. And but what ended up happening is the school board, because it was losing so many students to that school, <laughs> right. ended up putting more resources and more wow. focus in on the schools around it. So the traditional public schools around it also got uh, got better. And so. uh <laughs> What about the teachers? Uh, are you able to attract good teachers to charter schools? Well, I mean, charter schools receive in Florida about, I want to say about 60 cents on the dollar of funding. But uh, because of the efficiencies that only the private market can bring, that we're able to compete for teachers on salary. Now, generally speaking, charter school teachers are not union, which clearly upsets the teachers unions. But many, many, many teachers have had it with being a member of the union because yeah. the, essentially yep. the union puts adult interests ahead yep. of students' interests. Yeah. I hear that all the time, by the way, Ed, um, from teachers around the country, that they want flexibility. They want to be able to teach the kids and not have the hammer over their head of the union. Now, uh, 
how many kids in Florida are in charter schools today? Roughly. Uh, it's, it's about, it's just, it's now approaching half a million. Um, half uh, a million. Half a million. A half a and million another, kids. Wow. Another, another couple hundred thousand that, that as of last year took advantage of the, of the tax scholarship plan, which is the voucher plan. Right. And, right. and that is likely to increase on both counts this year. So, Ed, uh, uh, would you recommend this model for other states? Do you think it could work in New York? Could it work in New Jersey? Could it work in Michigan? If there is a political will to really make the difference, Steve, it's been 70 years, nearly 70 years since Brown versus the Board of Education. Yep. And, you know, that milestone Supreme Court case that said separate but equal in education facilities is no longer allowed in this country. We are still behind the eight ball in many parts of this country because minority students and, and, and particularly black families do not have an opportunity to yes. make choices or that's best for their child. So last question then, Ed, I really appreciate your taking the time on a Saturday afternoon to educate us on this. This is so important, folks, for our country and the future, uh, and whether America will continue to be the superpower that we have, that we're, we're providing the best possible education for every child. I, the one other complaint, and I've only got a minute left, is people say, oh, this is just a way to resegregate the schools, not to integrate, but to resegregate. But I've heard that a lot of the charter schools are more, integrated than some of the traditional public schools? Well, I, I don't want to – I would say it this way. The statistics don't lie because a, a, a child is identified by purpose of, because of, of federal standards as, by race or, or economic uh, status, right, because of free and reduced lunch and some of those benefits that yeah. flow to those kind of students. But here's the thing. Charters have a greater number of minorities in them across wow. the board. We've seen it in Florida and we've seen it in other states. Because parents, regardless of, of race or ethnic origin or anything, are always going to make the best decision if they're provided the right choices. Amazing. Well, Ed, congratulations on what you've done. I know you played such a big part of that in helping, you know, the education opportunities for literally hundreds of thousands of kids. So I'm saluting you, sir, for what you've done. Could you come on in maybe another month or two and, and give us an update about how that's going in Florida? Always happy to talk to you, Steve. Okay, and that's Ed uh, Puzwali, who is one of the world's experts on charters. Uh, thanks so much. I think we have time, Mr. Producer, for two calls if we can slip them in on our More Money hotline. Do we have any callers? Yeah, let's go to Tony from Clifton, New Jersey. Tony, we got one minute for you. What do you got? Very quickly. Stay away from Bidenomics, guys. As government expands, your liberty decreases, yeah. and you'll get less for your money. That administration <laughs> is all for global trade deals. Vote for President Trump. No global there, trade deals. There you <laughs> go. Okay, Tony, great Love call. As always, do we have any more callers that we could slip in before our break? Well, let's go to Andrew and Stanhope. Andrew, we've got a minute and a half left. Thank you for calling. Sorry to keep you on the line waiting. What do you got for us? How do you like Bidenomics? Terrible, and they lied. They said when Biden took office. You know what? Uh, we, we're not hearing you very well. We don't have a good connection. I'm going to have to ask you to call back next week. Do we have time for one more quick caller, Mr. Producer? Yeah, let's go to Rocco in New York. Okay. Last caller. Hello. It's great. it's great to join you. Absolutely. I'll be as quick as I, I'm bullish on the market, the tech, AI, AI, of course. And But the two 
issues you address, not enough time to address them. That the looters, it's Saturday Night Live, except not with John Travolta. They're going crazy enough. That nonsense got to stop. Biden is destroying <laughs> okay. the country. He's addressing his own problems, not the country's problems. There you go. You know, folks, I am so disgusted by what is going on with respect to uh, what they're doing to Donald Trump, whether you like the president or not. This using our Justice Department to go after political enemies is what banana Republicans do. Republics do. We cannot allow this to continue. We have to keep our country uh, safe and secure and economically healthy by using a free enterprise system. Hope you guys have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. This is the More Money Show. I'll talk to you same time next week. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024.